Welcome to the Millwrights Indicator, your resource for everything 2158. We're dedicated to answering any questions regarding the union trade. I'm your host, Jeremy Stevens, at the illustrious 2158 Studios here in North Bettendorf, Iowa. Today I'm joined by our senior instructor, Chris Green. Thanks for having me, Jeremy. Uh, Evan Lopez, a journeyman millwright for 2158. Good to be here. Today during this episode, we're going to talk about layoffs and travel. Some of the high points of it, uh, some of the things that somebody might have a question about, maybe some uh, anxiety about going on the road and taking maybe a short-term job or even a long-term on-the-road job, but just that unsettled future after it gets a lot of people hung up. Okay, I'm going to go on the road and I'm going to work for two weeks, but then what? Is kind of some of the questions that I often get. Um, so... What are some of the reasons why you enjoy traveling? I know, Evan, you, you've traveled all over. You've worked on a lot of uh, turbines for sure. Um, what are some of the highlights that you like about traveling? Uh, traveling's great. That's where the money's at. You know, you can stay around home, work 40 hours. That's for some guys. But traveling on the road, you can make a pile of money in a month. So you're saying they usually kind of grease the wheel to get you to come out that way. Uh, they make it worth it, huh? Yep. Awesome. Generally speaking, you're going to have more hours sometimes a higher pay grade depending on where you're at in the country you usually get to have some add-ons some jobs pay per diem that varies helps cover the expense of traveling sometimes even your travel is paid so we talk about per diem for you know maybe somebody doesn't know what per diem is it's usually a cost of living subsidy um, it's something to help make your expenses easier to control during that uh, travel that you're that you're going to for the contractor when do you usually get your per diem if it's going to be available? Is it something that you usually know up front it's going to be there? Do you do you take a job without them saying that? When you're talking to a contractor before you're going to a job, they're going to let you know if there's per diem, how much it's going to be, and it varies from state to state and job to job. Is there ever a point in time when you get per diem up front, or is most of that a retroactive first paycheck type scenario? I've had per diem given it when you arrive. That seems very rarely. Generally, it's on your paycheck or you're getting a per diem check with your paycheck. So you could say for the bulk of it, uh, you have to cover your expenses to get out there, but then shortly later, you usually... uh... 95% of the time, you're out of pocket, but you're being reimbursed. So you you actually get reimbursed frequently then, Evan? Yes. And that's a... In in my uh, in my time out in the field, I kind of thought per diem was like unicorns and leprechauns. You heard about it, but I never really got to see much of that. Uh, I wonder I wonder why that's a changing trend. Yeah, maybe get getting harder to find guys that are willing to travel without it. That could be. I could see that. Uh, the mill rights becoming a little bit more scarce, so you kind of need a little bit of incentive to get people to head to your job. Need to butter them a little bit to get them out there. But yeah, I, I would say. Ninety percent of the time, we're getting per diem, and generally it's enough to at least offset motel expenses. Fantastic. If not, make a little extra. So when you're on the road, is that usually what you do? Is just get a get a decent motel down the road? And yeah, if you're gonna be short term, get a motel. If you're gonna be a long term, I mean now they got the internet, B and B, whatever it is. Oh, the Airbnb, yeah. Yeah, you can find a house that you can rent for a month. You get four or five guys to rent a six hundred dollar house for a month. Living and better than, uh, than you are at home, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Not the same suitcase that you're going on to yeah. every night. Right. It, some guys get travel trailers and run that way, but... 
uh, I know I used to like camping. There was something about getting off work and being able to throw your fishing pole right away that really appealed to me. Uh, so some of the places that you've traveled, what are maybe some of the highlights uh, that you've seen as far as geographical locations? I've been coast to coast. Anywhere in particular? Uh, anywhere near the ocean I like. Yeah. <laughs> Evan's Depends. being coy. He just came back from Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I got paid to go to Alaska. So you are living here near the Quad Cities, and you got a job in Alaska. Yes. Very cool. Not very many people get to say that. No. Very you can cool. turn a job into a vacation. And I've, I've known guys that did do that. Like, yeah, lay off time, stay somewhere for a couple weeks. Right, you're already in the neighborhood, right? Or, hey, I'm only a couple hours from Florida. So that brings us into... Maybe what happens when the job starts to slow down. Your job's coming to an end. You can see the light at the end of the tunnel, essentially. Um, what are some of the things going through your head when you're wrapping up a job site? Yeah, you're making a plan for the next one. You know, you, whether that contractor's got another one lined up right away, and you get the haul, see what's happening next. You, you never know. It varies. So you get your two paychecks on the last day. The guy shakes your hand, thanks you for coming out, and uh, you put your tools in the truck, and then you're just calling a business agent? Yeah, you can call your agent or whatever you'd have to plan you know i know you kind of mentioned too evan about making a vacation or uh you know you see you went to alaska uh, jobs done are, are you afraid of that job ending i mean is there a time where you're feeling panicked because the job was over you know when the end's coming you know generally sometimes you know up front hey this job's only 20 some days okay you know that Sometimes you show up on a one-week job and you're there for six months. Absolutely. That was going to be my next question. Have you ever yeah. have you ever had a short one turn into a long one? Uh, it happens. I'm sure. I'm sure more times than not. Uh, they usually run long. They they run long more often than they run short. Good. Not saying you don't ever go out on a supposed to be a month job and four or five days later, hey, we're overmanned. Yeah, scopes change, and it, you know, you never know. You just, you kind of got to roll with it. Absolutely. So, what do you like to do? From the end of the job to the beginning of the next one, just everything you can. Yeah. Do you ever just uh, head back across to the other side of the country? Yeah, you, it varies every time. Yeah. I said sometimes I've gotten laid off and it's taken me a month to get back to the house. And I get sidetracked. <laughs> and sometimes you're going from one job right to another one. You got a couple days, a day in between. I've had to drive from Nebraska to be to work in North Carolina the next day. That's awesome. You you got to be able to roll with it. Sure, sure. So maybe what were some of the highlights of Alaska? Because I I know me, that's where my heart is. I want to go there so bad I can't stop. Uh, that's my goal, man. Uh, so what are some of the highlights that you got to do? I know you went grouse hunting, so you're being coy. Shot again. a lot of grouse. How many backpack fulls of grouse did you kill? Oh, a lot. <laughs> Darn again. What's maybe some of the uh, wildlife that you got to see in Alaska while you were getting paid? keep in mind i've accidentally gotten way too close to grizzly bears twice <laughs> it's pretty neat <laughs> it's been on, on my bucket list i want to go bow hunting uh i don't know about a grizzly bear uh. but uh, i do want to go bow hunting for a bear uh one day in life uh i i i have a reserves though of being that close yeah they're they're big i oh. think in, in most states don't you have to have a backup I think there's like a minimum caliber that you have to have backing you up. Alaska doesn't you, really have rules. <laughs> it's a U.S. occupied Alaska. U.S. Right? occupied Alaska. Yeah. Here's your here's your gun. Have fun. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange, you know, as a construction worker, like you think, oh, I'm just a construction worker. Well, I get I've been paid to see the country. I've seen a lot of stuff that it, 
a general person living in the Midwest wouldn't have seen. Yeah, I've been to Alaska, seen the Northern Lights, caribou migrate. I've been to Pacific Coast, never thought I'd see it. Went and saw the sequoias between one job and the next. Those were awesome. Yosemite National Park. So Evan and I were in the apprenticeship together. When we got to go to our fourth year uh, gas turbine class, which took place in Las Vegas, uh, Evan took his plane ticket home and uh, told me he didn't need it. He actually wound up renting a car and driving up the west coast with the one-way ticket waiting for you what was it portland yeah seattle seattle Seattle. so you actually took your training and then furthered it into a vacation as well yeah i turn everything into a vacation (laughs) (laughs) it's got to be a great feeling to be able to afford to do things like that yeah and that's the other great thing about traveling is generally speaking you make a lot more money traveling than you do working at home and you can afford to i got laid off on April 3rd, and the next job's starting May 2nd. Okay, cool. I can afford to not work that month, and where am I at in the country? I'm in Nebraska. Well, Nebraska's got nothing to see. Well, what's near Nebraska? Montana. Not real close, but I don't mind driving it. <laughs> Might as well miles. be next door, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Montana's on the way home between there, right? Yeah. Well, not really, but... I, I'm just curious, you know, myself, uh, you're out seeing the world, which is incredible. I, I mean, I, I am very envious of that, but uh, uh, how do you keep track of things back home? You got to have somebody at home looking after some things, obviously. I mean, you can set up all your bills to be automatic withdrawal, but yeah, you need somebody watching your house or right on. taking care of the dogs, whatever. It Checking the mail. Happens to be, yeah. You're always going to have a pile of mail when you get back. Yeah, you definitely want to make sure you got your bills set up for being able to do them online. You learned that the hard way once. (laughs) (laughs) You're not home. The lights don't have to be on. No, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Gone for three months, come home, like, ah, lights didn't come on. (laughs) Of course, I'm not a very smart man, so the first thing I do is open the fridge. Yeah. Lights have been off for quite some time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that that smell would indicate that the power got shut off quite a while ago. <laughs> Whoops. Like I said, you some lessons you gotta learn the hard way. Okay, yeah, I do need to put that power bill on automatic so I can do that online. Never thought of that. So if you had a twenty year old pre apprentice sitting in front of you and he was on the fence about joining the Union Millerites because of the potential to travel, is there anything that you could think of that would maybe put his heart at ease? Make it a little easier. You don't have to travel nearly as far as I do. You know, first couple of years starting out, and even with you, Jeremy, I remember we were running. We weren't same company, but I'd see you on a lot of different jobs. And were we ever more than a couple hundred miles away? No, no, not usually. I mean, we have a very large uh, jurisdiction here too. Yeah. So um, a lot of the time, and it's, it's going to be ever changing. But a lot of the time, you're going to be where you can drive home. Something happened, you'd be able to get off work and be home that night. Right. Yeah. You're not saying you're not 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 every job's in Alaska, right? Yeah. Not saying you're gonna always sleep at home, but traveling isn't always a thousand miles away. I know from here, if you're in the Quad Cities, there's work in Cedar Rapids all the time. You can drive that back and forth every day. Right. And then I, and people do it every single day. Some a lot of people every single do. day. I did a lot of my work in Cedar Rapids, and that was a, that was a big, you know. And I I worked in Cedar Rapids a lot too, and. Unless it was dead of winter and the roads were bad, I would drive it back and forth. Sometimes yeah. winter, I get a motel. And sometimes your job drags over. You know, you work 14 hours in Cedar Rapids. You don't want to make that hour and a half, two hour drive back. You do get that thirty dollar, forty dollar hotel, and not always, not always is a decision like that maybe per diemed or looked after. But 
it just makes sense for you. You know, you spend 30 or $40 and you get that good night's sleep. You're not shot the next day. You're not risking the drive to work in the morning, still really tired from maybe getting lack of sleep and things like that. So, and that happened to me several times. Definitely. You know, if if you figure you're going to drive an hour and a half, two hours, the cost of gas, the cost of time, then the risk, you know, you're $20 away from a safe spot. Yeah, those seven-day weeks have a tendency to start uh, wearing a guy down by the end of them. Oh, absolutely. You know, your heart's in it, your mind's in it, but your body just, it, it does struggle. It does take a toll on you. Yeah, and I, I've been on, you know, seven, twelve projects, and it's 90 miles from the house. That's easily drivable. Week three of the job, it's, well, I can get this motel for 285 yeah, a week. Not quite as easy to drive. <laughs> yeah. Or, or even, you know, I've talked to guys that Wednesday night they stay they stay wherever they're working. You know, they drive it for two days, then they rest it for a day, and then by the time Friday hits, they got a little bit of motivation to get home and rest the weekend, but they get that little bit of a break in the middle so that you're not having so many back-to-back days of physical onslaughts. And Yeah, you don't want to be burning yourself out and falling asleep at the wheel. Right, it, which is a very, very serious problem sometimes, man. Uh, highway hypnosis takes a hold, you know. Yeah, I never make it a truck driver. They, driving makes me sleepy. I don't know yeah. how they do it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do I, it. I can drive all night. <laughs> and I was never a guy that would wake up at 1 a.m., drive to the job site to be there by 7, ready to go with my gloves on. I would go. If the job started on Monday, I'd leave Sunday, 10 in the morning, take my time getting up there, get everything set, get a good night's sleep, wake up, ready to go to hit the bricks at 7 a.m. Yeah, and that's a good tip for anybody starting out, too, is – I know when I started out a junk car, and there was a couple times where it took me a couple days to get to a job. You know, something breaks. Absolutely. Right. And starting out, you don't. You're starting out for a contractor and a superintendent you maybe never met. You don't want to call them the first morning. Hey, I'm going to be four hours late because threw a belt off my car. That's maybe going to make that a lot shorter job for you. Absolutely. It's all about the first impression. Uh, it does a lot for you in this business. Not saying that it's all of it. But it does do a lot for you because a lot of times, you know, people that are in the upper echelons, that's all they get for you is a first impression. Yeah, and there's going to be people in the office of that company that all they see is timesheets. Right. They've never met you. They don't know anything about you, but they can see that, oh, this guy is two hours late on Monday and didn't show up on Thursday. Well, and if we're not there completing that project, you know, there's a good chance there's not going to be a project in our future. Yeah, it makes you know, everyone right. look bad. Indeed. And these things have to get completed. You know, it's the reason they're bringing us out there, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh, – it's not a light decision to order some mill rights to a job site. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things in the background that take for, And a take lot of times we're emergency response almost. I mean, this – hey, this thing broke. We got to get this fixed now. It's no, not hugely, a – Hugely, hugely. It's not like a – it's not like you're sitting in the maintenance shop. Hey, we're going to need this in six months. Yep. You take your time and rebuild You never it. know what's going to break, and you never know where it's going to break. Just because you might live uh, in Bettendorf, Iowa, doesn't mean that something in Clinton, Iowa, isn't going to break either, or even Rock Island, Illinois. Um, but yeah, these break stop, these breakdowns are so costly that we have to do everything we can to benefit these end users and try and get their equipment going for them as fast as possible. Definitely. And I've been sitting at the house and eight thirty at night. Hey, how soon can you be in Houston? Uh, a couple of days. Well, no, I need you to go to the airport right now. <laughs> Crawl on the plane and oh, you're, okay. you're ready. Huh? <laughs> what, what's the nearest airport to your house? We'll get a ticket, head that way. Because emergency breakdown and 
it's bad for whoever owns that piece of equipment, but it's made me a piles of money. Right. Come on. It, Evan, you spend a lot of time in power generation, so you can imagine if uh, a utility company is without power, what kind of crisis that that could be put on, not even monetarily, just for everybody that's dependent upon the grid. Yeah. You know, not only there, not only are you rushing down to Houston to try and help somebody out of a jam, but you're running down to Houston trying to provide power to whoever doesn't have it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are thousands of people can be affected. You know, power plants offline, that can cost millions. But we've even, we did a generator in a hospital one time, which I guess they've got two, but if the other one would have happenstance broke while the one was offline that we were swapping out, I mean... I'm not a doctor, but people's lives were kind of in my hands. <laughs> <laughs> the doctors of industry. I mean, I was, I was letting them know that, that I'm just as important as you. But right. I guess technically I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, Evan, thanks for coming down here, man. I know you're busy globetrotting and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, I just want to thank everybody for listening to the program. This has been a 2158 production. Any questions that you have on any topics or any ideas that you think you might want to throw our way, feel free to email me at uh, jstevens at 2158training.org. We'd love to hear from you. If you want any more information about becoming a union, uh, union millwright, go ahead and email our JATC, and the email for that is jatc at 2158training.org, and that's where Ms. Sheena will be in contact with you and be able to line you out any further. Fantastic. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks for coming in, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for Evan's first time in. <laughs>